Okay, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining me for another episode again. And we have three out of, I don't know how many members of the Lords of Chaos discussion panel, but we have Steve Lamoth and Damian James here. You can check out Steve Lamoth at his channel on YouTube, Steve Lamoth. <laughs> and uh, Damian, I'm, I'm sorry? It's S. Lamoth. Oh, you're right. S. Lamoth. I mean, I know that. I've only been subscribed to your channel for for like a while now. Yeah. And then, Damian James, the Chaos Vibration, which has been under construction <laughs> for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> that is a sign of evolution, my friend, when you do that, when you put up content and then it just kind of starts changing and you just put up different content like, like you've been doing. We're like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to go ahead and go with the change, go with the new flow, you know? Oh, I love it. it it's hard to keep up, though. Yeah, it is, it is kind of hard to keep up, man. Con being a content creator is not an easy thing. You're like always just putting out stuff and refining your message and you know refining your connections and whatnot. It's not easy, but it is a lot of fun. Like I'm having I'm having a blast with you guys talking before we were recording. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, but anyway, um, let me introduce the listeners to the most popular guy in the room. <laughs> the most popular guy in the room is not me. The most popular guy in the room is not Steve or even Damien. The most popular guy in the room has been around for thousands of years that we know. More than likely, a lot longer than that. And he has been increasing in popularity in this podcast. And he goes by the name Hellel, Lucifer, Prometheus, <laughs> the light bearer. Um... Yeah, so we're just going to talk about that today. So, anyway, I don't. Anyway, no particular order. Um, let's do that, man. Let's deep dive into that a little bit. So, let's kind of start with a little bit of history first. I, you know, we don't need to have uh, super in-depth scholarly discussions, but it, like, I was, you know, I did a recording last night with uh, Anima. Nora and you know she's a Luciferian been practicing for a pretty long time it sounds like and she was she had uh oh shout out to Anima thank you for being on here on here last night and sharing your insights and your gnosis that was that was pretty cool anyway um check her out at innerignition.net more info but um she was saying that Lucifer the light bearer is the god of this world. It's a pretty bold statement. The god of this world, you know, like the one who um who rules this planet and who basically took the torch. Who well, he was like he was kind of like she didn't say he was like a war guy, but she said he um if you go back and listen to the episode, you'll hear it. But um he won by conquering, he won by by war, and he just you know wants to like save humanity and kind of liberate people he wants he's like the liberator of humanity you know what do, what do you guys think of that how do you see lucifer who's going first any of you man I, i'm on the far right so i've been waiting for i i'm yielding to steve here and i'm the i'm the new one so <laughs> it's all good um you know that's that's actually not um that's not anything new that I've heard of, actually, especially as of late. I've, I've been doing like a lot of um, 
checking out other channels on, on YouTube and um, Facebook and like through through like a lot of reading and whatnot. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've come across lately, had, you know, kind of kind of matches that, as in um, where people are saying that Lucifer is like the the true the true God. And Yahweh is, you know, the, the imposter. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I've come across that information quite a bit lately. And um, I, as far as, like, how old is he, you know, I mean, I, I would say, just like anything else, most demons um, or, or entities or even angels, for that matter, they I would say they actually transcend time and space, you know, kind of like as we know it. And a lot of them will probably be like eons old, if not like even older than that. Because time is not relevant where they are from where from where they stand. You know what I mean? Right. Like to to like mortals, even though we are basically consciousness itself taking forms. You know, it's uh, we hold like a temp. This is like at least what I think. I guess um, we hold a temporary experience, so we're like attached to time in this material reality. And it seems like um, these other these entities, these gods, angels, demons, what you call them, you know, um, they they're like timeless. Actually, I know in some of the Greek Gnostics, some of the Gnostic texts, they refer to them as aeons. Like that's the actual word that they call them like aeons you know several aeons, like sophia is an aeon and demiurge even is an aeon that was born from the goddess and things like that i don't know so what do you what do you think damien what is uh this well, for you as we know i'm very experimental shoot first ask questions later and i'm just getting into this so anyone who listens to this and on anything i say take it with a grain of salt think for yourself but um I have heard that it's nothing new that he could be the actual God. Yahweh could be the false God, but I haven't seen anything super, super concrete about it one way or another. And like I've said, it just seems very biased to me on all accounts. And there's also the quality of information out there too, that, is a concern to me because just let's face it we all do content youtube's kind of a a confirmation bias because of the algorithm so if there's so much of the and i'm not knocking it the um the ea co-wedding perception of this thing and things along those lines so it, it's it's just really hard to see and i'm always someone you i rely on my first-hand experience so what i will say is i could see that or there is maybe even how i'm looking at it a quote unquote redemption or campaign to become a quote unquote god while i'm not a fan of that word um but i don't have an exact opinion on him being the quote unquote true god or false god and all i'm going to say is in my experience working with it is that he doesn't seem to quote unquote hate Christians. He's more, he just wants people to, or it just wants people to follow their path so long as it, as it's authentic. In other words, don't 
pray to Yahweh because you think you're going to get to heaven one day kind of thing. And that's something that could also be me because that I'm just very much that way innately. And I think everyone on this podcast is like, just be yourself, be authentic. So I have seen that, but I don't have an exact opinion. Okay. So um, I want to direct this question at you, Damien. So do you feel that uh, Lucifer um, as a current or deity or whichever, um, do you feel that he, he or it, I'm just going to say he, fuck it. <laughs> do you feel that he wants to just like enlighten humans? When I say enlighten humans, like bring them out of their, bring them out of that like um, rigid mentality of um, fear stricken dogma and going too much with the societal norms. Because like order is important. We know that to a certain degree. You know, but uh, I kind of feel like um, that, like his energy, will be more to like get us out of there to kind of, you know, just to like what Anemo was saying, like he wants to kind of keep humans from fucking killing them, killing each other, and just you know save us basically. So this, this, but not like in a savior factor. It's more like instead of like a like a savior God, it's more of just like you know, giving people gnosis and pointing them in certain spiritual directions and then like, you know, and igniting that inner flame inside inside of them, you know, that inner fire that's just going to say like, you know, do this, you know, go here, or do, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm making myself clear really. Oh, oh, oh no, you are. And I love this question. Okay. It, it's a very complex question and it's very much in alignment with the questions I've been asking myself. Um, mm -hmm. As far as enlightenment, I would say yes. Now, before I get into this, I just want to make a, a little side note that I always believe there's an interface or personification of what a spirit or current or any magical thing should do um, will impact how it manifests in our experience. But I, I would say, yes, there is some kind of enlightenment here. I think without going down a philosophical rabbit hole that brings up the question of what is enlightenment beyond a catchy new age term these days. But um, there does seem to be some revelations, some, um, yeah, I'm just gonna use the word revelation here. However, as far as the savior thing goes, at least for me, it seems more like a wake up call kind of thing. Um, as Andre said in one of your episodes, um, I wouldn't say he's evil, but he's very tough love. It's a very blunt current. Um, things that have come through for me, and I'm not saying they're absolute, is like, it's time to consider there's probably going to be mass fucking hysteria and war. And I, I just get a sense of a, there's a real kick-ass and take names energy behind this current, at least in my experiences with it. And... Yeah, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, I'm not really sure how how to say it myself right now. Um, the only other thing I'll, I've noticed is for me, there's this big correlation between Lucifer and chaos, not just in the chaos magic sense, but it seems like uh, for analogy's sake, it would be like if you sent in a spec ops agent or a big businessman to clean up an operational mess or a shit show, it almost seems like that's something Lucifer specializes in. Hmm. Like if uh, I might be, uh, I'm not trying to go super nerdy, but has anyone seen that scene, that show Sherlock on Netflix with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? 
I know of it, but I've never actually okay. watched it. Yeah. If any, if anyone knows that show, I guess the analogy I'm going to use it would be like if you send him in with a bunch of moronic detectives. Like, yes, he cares. Yes, he wants to wake people up. Yes, he wants to empower people, but he's very, very blunt and directive about it, and very don't work your ass off kind of thing. But he is very go, go, go. Let's get to it. It's time to get serious kind of thing. Okay. All right. Uh, Steve, like, what do you think about, about that? What's been your experience? My experience um, with him has always, uh, up to this point, has always been um, he seems to know, like, what people want, like, like what they want in their lives, like, um, like, like what they're wanting to go for as far as, like, dreams or aspirations or you know where they want to change their careers or whatnot he, he he seems to be very intuitive about that he knows that about people and he's like okay well you know if that's really what you want well you know it's going to take some work it's going to take some effort and it's like i can help you get there but you're going to have to like do like your part you know what i mean it's like i'm not going to give it to you you know uh we we always we've always heard of like like all those stories of like demons, you know, it's Satan and, and um, people like selling their soul to get like whatever they want. It's like you, you can have my soul for, and then like twenty years from now, uh, just give me like what I want. You know, give me money, give me power, give me women, um, whatever. And then, but it, we we know that that's not how it works. Right. We, yeah. we we really have to work for it. You know they. Demons are not, or Lucifer or Satan or any any of them, for that matter, are not just going to like open up a checkbook and, <clears throat> and give you like all the money in the world. You're going to have to work for it. I would I would be skeptical if if uh, an entity did that for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually think uh, Steve said what I the point I was trying to get across with a, a, a lot less rambling, but um. If I may add, that's personally one thing I like about it. Um, it that's something I really knew. That's what drove me crazy about New Age, and it actually just brought it to a whole new level. This, oh, my energy's high, so I shouldn't have to um, do shit. Uh, I'm very. It doesn't feel good to do magic and expect it to fill in the blanks for you. So I, I kind of like the uh, the kick in the butt. And um, one thing I like is just in all always in a convict statement it's just an extremely cut the bullshit energy including with yourself too so i mean going to going back to that to like what steve said about you know how you have to you know do the work you know he he push kind of kind of pushes you to do the work and again this is making me think of the excuse me burping here drinking so much water <laughs> um the term light bearer so when i when i when i visualize the term light bearer it's, it doesn't mean something or someone doing it for you, but the light is like the information and it's the it's lighting the path for you to go, you know, things like that. But going back to what I was saying, like how I was like, I would be skeptical if the entity did give you every like if you wish for it and just gave you everything you wanted. Like I, I, would, I would think it would be like that Wishmaster film or something where it would just like give you something. And then fuck you, you know. <laughs> like, uh, you ever see that Wishmaster movie? No, no. 
Uh, I, I, I was actually thinking of like Aladdin and Aladdin and the genie, and it's like, yes, give me my three wishes. Like, it's yes, just the same can, story, can, yeah, but like you, the, you the, can have the, that. The story is uh, no, much darker, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like in the film, the guy, you know, wanted uh, he well, he's he wanted like a million dollars. Like the gin came at his office. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. And the gin's like, <laughs> it's kind of laughable to me now when I watch it. But he like turns this like cup into gold and puts jewels out of it on the table, you know. And the guy's like, "Wow, like." How did you do that? It's like an old family secret. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, you know, like, the guy wants a million dollars. He's like, sure, you know. And then you know, it was like grandmother dies in a plane crash. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I always think of things like that. Like if there was an entity that would show up and just give you everything you wanted right there, where you didn't have to work for it, <laughs> it just kind of screw you, you know. <laughs> well, the, and there's there's always there's always ways around that. And sense i've always um and i know like a lot of right hand path people like i always say like you know whenever they ask for something or they're, they're doing some type of work with the spirit they always put in at the end you know for the highest good of all or you know harm none you know or whatever like that you know um but uh yeah because i mean otherwise it's like yeah it's like hey you know i want a million dollars and it's like you know you let you wind up in a car crash and you know you get a million dollars but it's like you really can't enjoy it because your life sucks now because you know you're like a paraplegic and you're yeah. spending all your money on a nurse to like take care of you for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah it's like you're rich and everything but you know you, you can't like enjoy your life the way that you that you want to and everything though yeah that that's that's pretty uh it's pretty crazy um but like another thing i want to kind of kind of ask what another question since we're in a subject of you know the most popular guy in the room tonight which is lucifer <laughs> um <laughs> uh i love the fact that there's a lot of diversity of thought with this because like i i've had many people on this podcast that do work with the luciferian current and you know some like like giovanni uh when i asked him like you know who is lucifer what is lucifer um, he gave the analogy of the fall of man being like the higher self descent, like as an analogy, the higher self descending into matter. You know, um, it's very Gnostic sounding. I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, and like Lucifer being like the flame of the higher self, like there, but at the same time, there there could be this like, I don't want to say separateness to it, you know, but the way we're just we're talking about it. You know, and then like when I had um, Benini on here, you know, he kind of had had a very similar type of view. You know, um, almost like to him, Lucifer was very Promethean. Like that was like that mask was, I guess, is what manifests. I, I can't speak for him, of course, but um, talking to him for two hours on that episode, it, it was sort of like that mask is what showed, you know, revealed himself to to him. You know, like that Promethean mask of like that. He's like, I have the flame. This is what I'm going to do. And that was kind of like his thing. He didn't really see Lucifer very much um, separate from his, from himself too much. But um, I don't know. Like, what do you think of that? What do you think of the idea of Lucifer as the, the internal flame of the higher self? You know, 
beyond higher self, I, I kind of look at it as more of an internal thing, and I'm not limiting this to just like model magic kind of thing, but I know that's what made me curious. That's how mm -hmm. I've kind of been trying to work with the current. Um, really just someone that's willing to go through the paces and roll up their sleeves and get to it. Um, once again, for me, it's all, what, what do these words mean? Flame, higher self. And this has been an ongoing meta point on the podcast. People use these terms all the time and they all mean different things. Um, you know, my idea of the higher self is definitely a little bit more, I don't want to say aggressive, but it is a little bit more, let's get to it. Um, kick ass takes names kind of thing. Um, while Giovanni is totally a really cool, like gentle person, you can tell he has that energy in him too. And um, Benini, it was just self-evident in the podcast in a good way too. You know, so I would definitely say there there is an internal flame there. Now, we could also play with the idea of what is flame in the relationship to the elements of the occult. Flame is, I interpret it as passion, that burning desire that cannot be put out. So... I think there is something to it there. Okay. What do you think, Mr. Steve? What do you think of uh, what do you think of the internal flame, higher self kind of? I mean, I didn't know it. I didn't really know much um, terminology. You know, I had when I said internal flame, I had to throw higher self that new age term because it, it would make internal flame make more sense. That's why. That's why I said that. By the way. I mean, one thing we can all agree on is Lucifer is clearly not the dude in the TV show Lucifer, right? I mean, I've never watched it, so I guess I can't say, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the show. <laughs> Someone listening has, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I have it. I have it. Um, I mean, definitely, well, we're, we're really just kind of going back and forth, you know, on, on the whole illumination and, and flame thing, and um, you know, it, the internal fire. It, it's all it's all gnosis, and, and depending on how you want to look at it, um, it's just that spark of knowledge. It's uh, once you once you get working with Lucifer, um, I guess th I guess there's like. It, there's like certain times when it feels like you just know something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like how it's like you you try to you try to put your finger on it's like how do you know that and you don't know how you you've like actually figured it out or like how it came it like popped into your head. But at some point, you know, when you start working with them, it's kinda like he's like over there like pressing like on your third eye going like, here, I'm giving you some knowledge here, you know? <laughs> and um, and that's basically what it is to me. I mean, if if, if you look at like a lot of these uh, authors nowadays, um, particularly left-hand path, and I, I'm really trying to break away from left-hand path, right-hand path kind of stuff, but um, when you read these books, and people are introducing like exercises and working with particular uh, working with certain entities and uh, just the information that they, that they bring across um you kind of have to wonder it's like how did they get that information 
like in order to like put it down in a book like where like where, like where do they get it from you know, yeah you, 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 it's like they, they just didn't pull it out like the end of their ass and like all oh, these words are like they're like really really uh look really good on paper you know i'm gonna write this book you know um right, right. They, got, they got that information from somewhere you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's like I, it's like all the books that ea Whiting has written or even co-authored for that matter it's like he got that information somehow and a lot of a lot of these people, they're getting it through invocations, not just with Lucifer or Satan or or, or anybody else. There's there's I'm sure plenty of demons out there, as well as probably angelic spirits. You know, on top of that, they're providing that information. So it's not just invocation and evocation. Um, you know, they're they're getting that gnosis from somewhere, and you know that's how they're able to put out. You know that. That type of work, you know, the same, same for uh, as an Mason, uh, Bill Dubendak, you know, all those people. Um, they put out phenomenal books, and um, yeah, they yeah they're doing their research on the side, and they're they're you know doing their scholarly work on the side, but they're also gaining gnosis through others, you know, through spirits that they're working with. So um, that's that's kind of. You know, critical as far as like uh, a magician goes. Now I know that there's people in the left-hand path community that um, when I know particularly as of late some people are saying that well you should like give up like things like uh, like results oriented magic. <clears throat> okay. Uh, like give that up and then and just work on like like work on yourself you know work on your internal self well you know for a lot of us when when you get involved in in uh, occultism a lot of us you know particularly people on the right hand path you know we want that results oriented magic to begin with that's what that's kind of like what's attracting us it's, we want that relationship we want that money we want that better job you know whatever it is where you know a lot of people start out results orientated and for some people that's where they stay you know for like their entire life and i i don't think there's anything wrong with it if that's what you want that's what you want you know um now there is the whole left-hand path like a lot of black magicians out there there are some are going to be results orientated but eventually at some point we understand that we do have to kind of go out there and um you know we, we have to do the shadow work we have we have to do that that um that internal work at some point uh and and some of us go ahead and do that and, and some don't so um i think it really depends on um what you know what you're looking for as far as uh you wanting to work with lucifer or anybody else for that matter mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with um, your points that you made too about like results magic or practical magic. Yeah. Some people do get in, get into wanting to manipulate reality and they just stay at that. And some people are more interested in like apotheosis or self-deification or spiritual sustenance is what I like to call it. And then some people do a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
in varying degrees of one versus the other at different times, you know. I mean, we, we change over time anyway. Now, another question I kind of want to, um, or another, you know, subtopic I want to throw out there is the topic of the goal, the goal of it, because it's, it seems that anybody who gets involved in the Luciferian current or currents, they're really interested in like making themselves better or self-awakening or enlightenment or spiritual sustenance, whatever you want to call it, you know? So um, I guess my question is for both of you is like, what are your thoughts on that subject alone? What are your thoughts on apotheosis? What are your thoughts on self-deification? Are they the same thing? Are they different in your opinions? Or... Um, if you want me to leave this one, I will. Um... Either. I would assume those terms are both one and the same. Apotheosis, self-deification, I, I think that they kind of both get to the same place. Um, but as far as just empowerment, the ultimate, ultimate goal, self-development, I know um, that's something that's really came up with me. And while I absolutely love the spirit of chaos magic, too, I'll put it bluntly, um, one thing this this current highlighted on is what as much as I love chaos magic, there was something there lacking and I don't identify as a Luciferian or a chaos magician really, but anyway, there was something my soul was really lacking and it was basically that like, yeah, chaos magic has no fucking direction. It, it shouldn't be, but it, it's all just about getting shit. And this really brought out in me, um, Half the things, it, it doesn't feel good to just do fucking results magic, too. Um, and I really didn't, like, to just get laid or fucking for, for a, a lotto ticket anyway or think, things like that. I, I, I see it more as almost a self-development thing and would go with almost something Pete Carroll would say, which it's kind of just the same idea as right-hand path. And I think uh, Andre has said it, too, on this podcast. Like, it, it's just another way to... to um self-development the big takeaway for me is also well do, do you need to invoke the, the the guardian angels to go to work in the morning if you do and that's your thing that's fine absolutely i do it but it it, it really just brought all of that to the forefront of my mind like um i'm going through hands on chaos magic again right now but uh fitness breaks brings up the great point that uh it probably doesn't feel good to uh walk off to a sigil right for a result and like it brought up I think unconsciously where a lot of people get stuck, especially in results magic, is it probably just does not feel good to use magic on basic shit, whether it's right-hand path, left-hand path, angels, demons. It probably just, it doesn't feel good. And that feeling was creeping up. And since I've gotten into this current, that really came really to the forefront of my focus. Like, okay. why, are we, why are we bothering anything for basic shit when you know there's people out there that can do this who don't do any magic and if that's your jam that's your jam but that's really yeah. what came up for me okay all right thanks thanks for sharing that uh steve what do you think about the idea of apotheosis or enlightenment or self-deification or anything like that like where does that where does that fit in in your vision of uh practicing in this current <laughs> i think i just threw a loaded question at you i have i have a feeling i did yeah <laughs> and that's okay if i did i mean you know, <laughs> he's like, oh shit, he just 
It's like you're asking me like a hundred questions and one question actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got no words at the moment. <laughs> hey, you know, it's all right, man. Come we can come back to that later. Um, I mean, I have I can throw questions about this stuff all day long, man. I mean, I I mean I I'm trying not to throw my views out there because I'm interviewing you guys and stuff. I mean, sometimes I might drop one, but uh okay, here we go. Here's another question. It's randomly popped in my head here. All right. Um it's well, let me just bring a statement and then I'll ask a question. <laughs> That's usually how I ask questions. I, I ask questions by saying statements first a lot. Um, since I have been exploring this current personally, one thing I have noticed is a lot of people that practice this current, that explore this current actively, are usually, and again, this is just from my own uh, personal view, a lot of them are the types of people that are really into, you know, ceremonial magic mostly or uh, high magic, um, kind of like Gnostic type of currents, things like that. Uh, I don't think I've ran across any that I'm aware of that would identify themselves as um, pagan. I mean, although there are, I guess maybe there are witches that are really into this kind of kind of stuff too that like um having lucifer as a deity maybe with a different mask of lucifer but anyway so my question is is this is this current for practicing magic is it more suitable for ceremonial magic or is it does it like not matter and this like if you're a witch if you're a chaos magician if you're you know a hoodoo voodoo person like that will work too folk magic you know is there any type of uh, system that works better with uh, the Luciferian current? So that's my question. Either of you two can kind of go on this. I know it doesn't matter. You have anything, Steve? Or no, I'll tap my head. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've and I, but before I even decide to add. Uh, you know, become a Luciferian. You know, I I practice um, Norse shamanism, and then um, and then I went into chaos magic, and then I I felt I just felt like I was kind of losing out on something because uh, in chaos magic I just wasn't like really evoking um, any type of god form or anything like that at that point, and I I kind of felt like I was losing out somewhere. Um, but I knew I didn't like want to like really go towards Yahweh or anything like that. So anyway, um, I, I knew that there was like something that had changed in me at that point, And I just decided to, I started looking into more left-hand path books and I felt that, that that was the type of element that was missing in my work. Um, you know, that I wanted to, uh, to, to get to know a little bit more. Um, but, no, I, I can't think of, uh, you know, too much on that at the moment. I, so. That's okay. I mean, I have kind of a weird 
brain when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, because like for me personally, and I'll, I'll just share a little bit, you know, kind of fill in some of this. Um, when I first discovered this current for myself, most of the witches or magicians, people that were practicing, um, you know, magic authority, they tended to be a little bit more into the theoretical side of it. You know, they were practicing calls. They were um, doing more ritual kind of magic, you know, like that. That's what I've noticed. And like, a, it seems like a bulk of the books that are available um, within this current are also the same. Like, uh, for example, when you look at Azanoth Mason's books, right? They're the rights of Lucifer, her and Bill Duvendeck, you know, uh, it's it's very theoretical. You know, there's a lot of like um, a lot of invocation kind of it's very ritual, you know. It's not, I mean, I, I haven't really came across any media or, you know, YouTube videos or, you know, online forums where people who practice, let's say, hoodoo, you know, are also practice the Luciferian current. I haven't came across anything like that. Whenever I come up, whenever I personally come across media about this current, it's usually from this, again, from my view, People who practice a little bit of thergy is some, you know, like thergical kind of magic. That's what I've noticed. I mean, maybe like, I'm, well, I'm not even maybe. There's a lot of practitioners, I'm sure, that do dual things, you know, within the Lima, especially, you know, Thelemites. Almost every Thelemite I know practices, you know, two or three things going on at once, depending on their temperament at the time, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever's going to get you to the goal, you know, but um, within the, uh, within this particular current, I haven't seen, um, I would say, little to none like folk magicians or shamans even, you know. And I'm kind of just wondering, like, is it just because of, like, the origins of this kind of information that we've received about Lucifer? I don't, I don't know. Ho hopefully I'm making some sense here. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I follow what you're saying. I, I have a I have a couple points here. I just feel bad because I might go off on a couple fucking tangents here. But if you're all yeah, right with that, right. I'd be happy. Yeah, I'm cool. Well, first off, with um, folk magicians, and I'm biased, but the way I would look at it, I, I would almost say just to create a spectrum or an analogy here. Um, folk magicians are kind of like the previous New Agers. They don't really want to get their hands wet with anything, or they just want to do past progressive, or oh, I'm going to put the bay leaf in my shoes today and call it magic kind of thing. So... I would see why it wouldn't. Controversial statements. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. And and th that's my perception. You know, I don't know everything, but um, that's my per my jaded perception on on the matter. But based on that mental or based on that mentality or from that vantage point, I would say no, they probably wouldn't either could be out of fear or be i think one of the reasons people are drawn to this current is anyone that's even is drawn to this current when one way or another in my eyes is a very very stupid person or a very just motivated person they mean business they have a burning curiosity about this current as i did and they just want to know for themselves in other words they're not satisfied with just getting the crystals at the store anymore or and we love this company just staying at the gallery of magic level 
of things, if you know what I mean. They want oh, to. <laughs> the gallery well, magic. The ga somebody from the gallery magic is listening, going, "What is he talking about?" He's hey, like, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I love gallery of magic. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying, like, I, I think we all know there's a level beyond that. Just for I'll talk about what's dear to me. Um, with with chaos magic, that thing was not just wanting to do what Pete Carroll did, you know, and going beyond that. So I would see why it wouldn't show up there. But as for the whole ceremonial versus ritual magic, I think that comes down to terms. I would personally argue right now, based on my limited experience, my limited perception, that really, especially when you look at like the Mikey W. Ford book, I would say if the terms are ritual magic for ceremonial magic, ritual magic is kind of just dark ceremonial magic, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just my take on the matter. Now, as far as different practices go, we have to remember there's a lot of different masks. So I don't see why one, one practice would favor him. And if anything, he seems to be very touchy subject in all of these practices. And I think that even manifests itself with all the different people on this podcast you've had come and go. Mm -hmm. And the only other thing I want to say is that based on my experiences, it seems like he's far more um, interested in, or even the magician, two-way conduit, right? Um, in the people that want to find their own way to do magic. And I think that ties into the apotheosis. Just an example from my journey right now, the, uh, the modern mythos thing became very interesting and very important to me again. And like, I realized like that's was my whole big intrigue with chaos magic anyway, not knocking and not saying anything bad about it. it. I love it. It's been a great part of my life, but that's really, I guess, what drove me to chaos magic. That's where my focus is going. And I just think that that is really where this current seems to take someone when they're ready to pave their own path or in a chaos magic analogy, while it's not about that become their own kind of self-defined or self-actualized magician instead of, you know, just doing what's been done before. The musical analogy I'll do is, hey, look, if you want to play, be the cover band and play at the bars and play your favorite songs all the time, tons of respect, not knocking it. But then there's some people who say, you know what, I want to take what my musical inspirations is, take their songs, start at the bars, put my own spin on them, and one day play my own songs that are going to reflect my inspirations instead. And yeah. that, that's just my take on it so far. That's a pretty, it's a pretty good analogy, I think. Yeah, thank you for that. All right. Um, another kind of topic we can kind of go into is the, the current state of the left-hand left -hand path community which I feel that when I was um, interviewing Anima last night, we sort of kind of sort of sort of touched on that a little bit, kind of off and on. And I've been thinking a lot about that since yesterday, you know, like um, like the fact that, OK, um, this is a, obviously a very potent current, you know, it wouldn't have been around for this long if it, if it weren't right. And like just in, I, I mean, I, I'm under the impression that in different forms, um, through different times, there has been Luciferian manifestations, you know, so an example would be uh, ancient India with, with uh, Lord Shiva, right? That is 
when you read about the Shiva, the Shiva myths and uh, stories and legends and things like that, it's like it's clearly, clearly Luciferian, <laughs> Luciferian like, you know, very, very similar, you know, um, as with Prometheus and, you know, I mean, even at the Lima, I think that like uh, the goddess Babylon is very much like a like a female goddess version of Lucifer, you know, <laughs> to me, I thought so, at least. And um, I think um, one of the Mike, the uh, Michael W. Ford, right? In one of his mm -hmm. books, there's the idea that she and Lucifer may be connected in some way, shape, or form. But once again, in uh, Apotheosis, he just gives you every hyperbolic situation. So, but I, I have heard that. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not an, an uncommon um, like like thought right there. You know, I mean, Steve and I spoke about that before as well. You know, like the I think the first time I hosted him on his podcast, we kind of he was talking um, someone about the faces of Lucifer, right? And you were remember Steve, you were telling me like um, I think it was the Asenoff Mason Bill Dubendek book, how uh, it does go over like different masks, and you were telling me on that episode how like one of the masks like manifests its, its itself to you, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, yeah. no. There's a couple of them that actually have, but um, mm -hmm. but yeah, as far as like Babylon, like a female version of that, I would. She's actually probably more associated with Lilith, and of course, you know, Lilith and Lucifer, or um, Samael is actually a, a, a version of Lucifer, actually a, a masculine Lucifer. Um, the clip off uh demonic side of Samael or the angelic side or or we just yeah. uh the, cl the clip off side okay the dark the dark side of Samael yeah so okay yeah I mean, yeah the shadow companion ritual was was one that I had like um a, a great uh um, um episode with as well as uh I'm trying to think of a couple other ones um Couple of them, like the 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 shadow companion one from um, Rites of Lucifer, was actually like the more the one that actually like woke me up a lot more than than anything. But that one, that one was actually kind of creepy. Yeah. All the kind of Grim Reaper, kind of dark looking. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, I don't know, man. Like I'm talking to you. And the recording I, I I did last night made me think of. I think I told you like in that, in that episode. I believe I did. Like, uh, I had two instances of my own life where I saw like some kind of shadowy Grim Reaper looking figure as well. To me, the first time I saw it was it was a long time ago though. It was like it was maybe back in like two thousand and six or two thousand and seven maybe. I think it was like two thousand six, but it was like uh. Real briefly, I'll describe it though, but it was like the corner of my bedroom, and there was a ton of very bright light behind it, but the being was black, like shadow, like looked like the Green Reaper, but there was no face, just like a veil and whatnot. And and then the second time I saw it was maybe like a few years later at the end at the edge of my bed. And this time there was no light like blurring behind it, just a light from the room, and it just looked black and shadowy. Very creepy, <laughs> you know. 
I don't think I've I don't think I've had any more manifestations like that though recently. I haven't yeah, it's been many years, but um yeah, just two occurrences I've had that happen like that. I was like I didn't know what it was. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Well no, mine mine really wasn't like a grim reaper type, but um I could tell that it was like actual like 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 human form or you know, like in the shape of a human. Um I could see the outline of it. But uh nothing wrong with the Grim Reaper. I mean, Ezrael, you know, he's got important work to do, you know, so or it could be uh, Santa Morte. I don't know. Uh, you, you, ever, you ever invoke Santa Morte? I never have. I never have. <laughs> um, I am. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm very intrigued by by her, but I've never really. See, see, here's the thing about my personal work, and I'll let everybody in. And it's not a secret, but um, like what what initially got me into magic and the occult was uh, comic books originally. Alan Moore being an occultist and being a writer and everything, and an artist, and me being an artist and a writer and a musician. Um, I like connecting to. You know certain energies you know that i read things that i cre create and compose and whatnot and what i've been finding out in recent years is that more and more is that like i was already doing this all along just in forms of art without really realizing that i was doing magic i didn't know that you know um where the hell was i going with this oh so the yeah santa morete like that spirit i may have worked with her unconsciously in a form of art but not in the form of ritual invocations but in the form of artwork i probably have worked with her <laughs> you know with certain characters that i've written about and certain uh paintings i've done and drawings i've done things like that i probably have had her in there <laughs> at some point you know just didn't realize it just like um as it turns out um I've worked with uh, Azazel without even knowing that. Like, like he's a, a very powerful, um, very well-known character in my book. I've been writing for a while. You know that I've illustrated. I sent, I sent an email a drawing. I go, I just, I was like, Azazel told me that I've already been kind of working with him before, and you know, like in this form. And then I sent her the drawing. She's like, that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely, clearly that's him. You know, it's like, a, he's got a big goat. I have a character that has, it's a big goat head with horns like Baphomet, but it's not Baphomet. He's got a big eye like blazing and like a light between the horns. And he like lives in the woods. And he, and, he, and then this, in my story, he works with, I won't, I don't want to give this away um, in the recording too much, but he has a certain realm and works with certain very specific spirits. I'll show you sometime, you know, off the recording, <laughs> and you'll probably agree. Oh yeah, that's Azazel. <laughs> you just gave him a different name. <laughs> so good. yeah. So um, no, I've never worked with uh, Center Monete though, but yeah, have you? <laughs> you see my stack here, there, eh? Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I that answers my question. He has a statue and a folks back and 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 his background, folks, since no one can see it but us. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's real. Sure. 
<laughs> I, I, yeah, I can I can see it. Okay, well, yeah. I think that I think that she's a a really interesting and great. I would I would I've never worked with her like with intention like that. You know, maybe through art, but. I would think that she would be very gentle in a sense, right? I don't know, maybe not. Death, death is gentle. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, I from well, from what I gather from other people as well, she's she's kind of got that tough love like Lucifer does. Oh, okay. You know, it's like okay. everyone is. It's like. Everyone, regardless of what your race is, you know, she she views you as her children. Of course, you know she's she views a lot of people as, as her children, not just uh, Latinos or Mexicans or anything like that. Um, even though you like you, the, a lot of households that do worship her, um, and I know the Mexican government has been like like very forthcoming and like trying to like get rid of like all of her imagery like like in a lot of like the last decade like few decades or whatever but um mm -hmm. but it's not uncommon to walk into uh a, a, a catholic home in mexico and see an imagery of jesus and then this imagery of santa muerte next to jesus mm -hmm. like you know you got two different statues like you know and it, it's not uncommon so yeah i mean you know hunters hunters alizar has worked with her you know he's peace done ritual work with her before you know i know he's he's uh placed her on his channel and everything like that but uh you know when you're saying tough love and how lucifer is like tough love you're making me think of well again i'm referencing last night's recording but uh demetrius um, he's been on on this podcast as well. He calls he calls them the general. He says he has like a general like energy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. <laughs> but she's uh, she will. No, but Lucifer. Lucifer is the general. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, she'll she'll help you get what you want or what you need um of course it, it you do have to have some type of devotion to her you know she just doesn't like like do it for like no reason um and of course you do have to have like your offerings to her and all that and what, what does she like for offerings um well all sorts of flowers and incense um and that's just based on what type of working you're doing with her um but uh, she'll uh, chocolate candies, um, particularly cinnamon candies, um, tequila from tequila, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cigars, um, like tobacco smoke. Um, tobacco is is very um, very common um, offering to her. Uh, One that you want to think of tortillas, you know, they, they've mentioned that like um, in some of her books, like corn tortillas, uh, they're they're used to symbolize wealth and something else. Mm -hmm. 
Um, there's just like a whole lot of electrical whole lot of things, fruits, particularly like apples, you know, oranges. Uh, but really big on the candy stuff, um, like peppermint candy, cinnamon candy, uh, dark chocolate, stuff like that. Okay. Well, now that we're in a subject of offerings, I want to ask this question, and you would know um, probably more than Damien and I like. What kind of offerings does Lucifer like? If he likes offerings, um, blood, right? I mean, that's probably whatever it is, and everyone's going to think of. I guess. I've, I've never, I've that's that's pretty much the only offering I've ever usually given. Like on on his sigil, is a was a blood offering. I've never really gone for anything else. I mean, um, and I think that's probably just kind of because. Yeah, I, I think I've actually tried to look that up a couple of times, and I, I really didn't find much on it. Okay. But, I mean, I would think Lucifer is probably a pretty cool dude, so I'd be like, you know, I'd probably go for, like, the, you know, you know, uh, tobacco, you know, kind of stuff, rum. Actually, so, no, I, no I'm, I don't think he would be an alcoholic an alcohol type person because when you think about it because i would think that you know if you're looking if you're an individual looking to provide gnosis to somebody i don't think alcohol would be like on there because alcohol would be like a numbing mm, i would think that this is and, and i and have the, no experience with offerings with them but like i would i would think that alcohol would not be a great offering because he probably wouldn't want to connect as readily with someone who's inebriated even though alcohol is not for that but it's often associated with that like it can kind of you know too much obviously can numb you and dumb you down and all that kind of stuff you know and yeah. it puts you into like a different i mean you know in, in, Ar in arabic it means soul stealer <laughs> the word alcohol itself you know <laughs> kind but of but now that I think about it, I mean, if you really wanted to go for it, I would, I would say the apple, like number one. If you oh, the apple? If you, if you connect the, like the apple and the garden of Eden with the tree yeah. of knowledge, oh, then okay. I would, you know, apple would probably be like really my first one that I would probably think of. Just because of, you know, it, re it represents that forbidden knowledge. Yeah, yeah. The fall, the fall of well, they call it the fall of man, you know, which really wasn't the fall. It's like inverted. It's like no, it's like the light. It's like embracing the, um, yeah, not being enslaved, <laughs> essentially. So okay, blood, an apple, maybe both, right? Maybe an apple with blood on it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a bloody apple. <laughs> Some people really like blood offerings, man. Like I mean that. It's like a reoccurring subject, like off the recording for me with other magicians and stuff. You know, I talk well, about because, well because blood is well. We we understand the the, the importance of it and the um, you know the uh, its association, of course. So yeah, you know, where if if you if you read like a lot of books, you know if you if you read a lot of the Luxembourg Bath books, um, you know blood is our blood is considered like one of the dragons mm -hmm. yeah. Sure. So. yeah it's 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 just, it's just a really really like old uh form of offering it seems like too you know 
Um, but nobody offers urine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this nice warm glass. <laughs> I've drank a lot of water. <laughs> I guess because it probably wouldn't make a good offering, right? Because it's like waste. But blood is like what keeps you alive. It's like a, like a friend of mine was telling me that he had um, my buddy who's into, he does Solomonic magic and he was uh he's really 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 been preparing for a certain uh ritual working and i don't think he entertained the idea of blood but we got on the subject of blood offering today you know and he knows a magician that does uh that works with goetic spirits and stuff a lot and the guy makes packs and one of the packs that he made that he made that he disclosed to him was shortening his life and I thought that was pretty ballsy, <laughs> you know, like, like, a, I guess like a pact of like saying, you know, like, uh, it was like a blood offering that, that was also a, a pact with, with his life. And I was like, it seems kind of, seems kind of risky, <laughs> you know, but these are, these are with like, with demons. This, this, this wasn't with like, um, like gods or Lucifer or anything like that, you know? Oh, you just, would you say Lucifer is a demon? I don't really see Lucifer as a demon, though, really, per se. You know, to me, I don't know. to me, it's he's not a demon, but maybe to other people, he is. <laughs> it, it it seems very variable to me. Yeah, as do the offerings. I'm not saying I'm right, but I have heard. Um, I know Gordon White says he likes booze and smokes and things like that. Which I could see from an angle because I guess alcohol could also be a sense of release of inhibitions, right? Um, it is something that musicians will frequently use to tap into their own kind of creativity or what I would call an artistic gnosis almost. But I, I think it's a little overdone for me. Buying booze for spirits got old really fucking quick. Um, blood I could see. But um, I've noticed what, what Spirit really likes is just cre creative work done for him and actions done in his honor. That seems to be my experience. Like one of mine is he wanted me to make my own authentic ritual for him. And I'm not bragging, but that makes sense to me too because there's a lot of musicians that testified to him. Um, the Apple was actually a really good suggestion. So thank you for that, Steve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never thought a, of that. That was a pretty good, good but, suggestion. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think an apple will be a pretty pretty badass offering. I mean, <laughs> to tie it into your question, I, I think it would be a matter of what mask or archetype or pick your term are you looking to work with? Because I think that should that would probably influence the kind of offering you would bring in too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean. Uh... Damien, have you worked with any? Have you done any like demonic rituals, like with just with like specifically demonic like demons, as in like the goetic demons or anything? Yeah, like any like goetic demons or uh, any kind of like cabalic spirits, uh, I, uh, any, any, anything that's associated with like a, being like a like like an antagonist to. God or an angelic energies, you know, anything like that. Um, 
Honestly, I don't do too much traditional spirit work. Um, I, okay. I'm joking and, and, saying that, and saying this with love. I was going to try some goisha, like I told you before you texted me. Yeah. But yeah. Um, really not. And one of the things that yeah. uh, got me into goisha was I thought Lucifer was going to be involved in that. And and he, it wasn't. Um, generally, my spirit work, some people have said this is like a neo form of um, the Manji, I don't know, but it's been all, all all the modern mythos stuff. That would be the closest the closest I would come is, you know, mm-hmm. balking out Han Solo, get me this shit. Here, here you go. Yeah. Here's your thing. I was just kind of curious, kind of you know. Right yeah, it's, because like, why I mean, cut you off, like, I was just, I was going to say when I met you, you had, um, that was around the time I, that we met and, and began corresponding. That was like around a time that you were uh, really kind of exploring, exploring this current exploring kind of like left-hand path subjects and things like that so i was yeah. just kind of curious if you've uh, have you done any kind of work with any kind of um i know steve has <laughs> steve definitely has angels demons he's kind of done a lot he's done a ton of magic for many years um which brings me to a question for you steve personally i want to ask you a question now I'm ask you a question so with your experience of working with angels, demons, I don't like to say demons. I like the word daemon better. It's just, it's just my personal liking. Would you say that demonic energies are harder to work with or easier to work with or maybe neutral to work with in comparison to angelic energies? I'm gonna say they're probably neutral because you can you can find some that are like very easy to work with mm-hmm. and there are others that seem to kind of clash with you at times. Um, I actually encountered this I actually had like one of my subscribers write write to me just a little bit ago and she was um, describing how she was working with, um, I think, Siri. Siri? Yeah. Or she, or she was wanting to work with Siri. Okay. And, and when she did, it, it came off, um, Siri came off, like, very aggressive towards her. Um, she, she, she says it felt like more like an, like an actual attack than like, you know, like than anything. And like, she says she finished out the work and, and like she was supposed to. And then she's like, okay, I, I don't think I'm going to work with Siri again. I was like, well, uh, and I thought, well, Siri kind of, um, I'm trying to think of like, his powers um kind of like helps you get things um helps you find things that are lost but also helps you to uh, attract things physically money and stuff like that um at least that's one of his abilities but you know finding things that are lost or hiding things from people is you know so people cannot find it that's like another one of, of his abilities but um I was like, well, you know, if, 
if you're trying to like ask for a promotion or get more money or something like that for something, um, I was like, well, why didn't you just go with Boone? You know, I'm like, I was like, most people say that Boone's like relatively easy to work with. She's like, well, I wanted to work with Boone, but I went with this one, and and this was my outcome. I was like, well. Might want to try to work with Boone. <laughs> <laughs> Not Siri. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, because you know, and and that's and it's it, and I just kind of went ahead and I explained there. I said because you know, again, um, you know, it's just like you know, we we don't get along with everybody else. You know, you know, people people clash. You know, personalities clash, and we you know we have that same. That same thing happens between us and demons. Um, can happen between us and angels as well, even though angels are, are more prone to helping humanity, really, than, than anything. But um, with demons in particular, you know, there are some that are just going to be difficult to work to work with. And um, also suggested she should try King Paimon. You know, Paimon is, is another good one she but he's not but but king paimon's not really good for beginners isn't he he because he's he's a he's a he's a king with that like i mean i haven't worked with him but um i have a fascination with king paimon to be honest um mm -hmm. i love i love the movie hereditary <laughs> I'm, and, and, I'm, and i and i i, I kind of understand where you're coming from here because you know and i i know some people that have worked with them from the, from the very beginning and, oh, okay. but, but I mean, and and have gotten good results. Really? But, okay. But um, I but I, I I understand what you're saying is like you know he has you know his status is that of king, you know, and it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like the the peasant going to the to the king and saying like, hey man, it's like you know I need you yeah. to do for me. But then if but you know if you think about it in that sense. Um, the Guaisha has nine kings in it. Belial is, is actually a king as well. Mm -hmm. Um, in that sense, but Belial again is, is generally very easy to work with. A lot of people say that a lot of people say they get good results with Belial. I've um, heard, I've heard that as well. That Belial, I haven't worked with Belial, but I've, I've heard that Belial is pretty, pretty the, easy to work the, with. The only, the only issue that I have with Belial though is that he's very, you know he's the demon without a master so he he he's very cryptic in the way that he describes things and um he will tell you that you need to get rid of something that doesn't fit into your life or like you know fit within like your general overall goal um and if you don't get rid of it he'll Find for ways for it to, <laughs> you know, for you to lose it, in a sense. Like, and that could be anything. It could be anything from your, like, your job, your business. It could be like, like your relationship, anything like that. Um, I, I know a lot of people. I know people have said that, you know, they worked with them and they said, well, he's saying that I should like give up my business, and I'm like, I'm trying to tell them that I need my business because I need money in order to survive. And he's saying like, no, you don't need this. And then, and usually, what happens is the the reason why he does that is that he knows that there's something 
else that's there for you, something that's going to be better for you in the long run. He's trying to get you to see that, really. And But we as people, as humans, you know, we, we're usually just short-sighted a lot. And we, we don't think of, like, a lot of us don't think of, like, a month from now or two months from now or three months from now. It's like, you know, we're worried about, like, making it to the weekend to get paid so that we can, like, you know, act like couch potatoes and, like, watch TV, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. I do. Yeah, they have a they have more of a bird's eye view of things, like like a, a zoomed out, larger view. And you know, um, in the realm of time, you know, they've been here longer, so it's just kind of. I mean, I so that that makes a lot of sense to me. How about um, how about Phoenix? Have you worked with Phoenix before or Andromalius? The one who I think, Amalius, I, think I, I have in a sense of I want to think I want to think of that book. Um, for anybody, let me just uh, bring up a quick description for anybody who doesn't know um, who Andromali is. He's a Goetic spirit. I don't know what number he is, but he's one like seventy-one of, or seventy-two or something like that. Okay, okay. So, and he's one of the Goetic demons that can bring back things that were stolen from you. <laughs> It's like one of his attributes. <laughs> yeah, that, that is one of them. But there, he's also got like some. I think I I have worked with Andromalius in Demons of Wrath, and I'm trying to think of who that author was. I can't. Think Demons of, of Wrath is. Um, let me look it up really fast. It's not Ben Woodcroft. It's um, no. It's it's the one who wrote um, Pathworking. Like goetic pathworking, it's that it's that author. I'm looking at it real fast. I mean, right now there might be somebody in the yeah, listening anyway, audience. Um, I I can think of. I think I have like through that book and um, more or less he ended up doing what I kind of like asked for. So. Uh, Corwin, Corwin Hargrove. That's, yeah, that's Corwin Hargrove. Yep. He tends to write like all the darker um, gallery of magic books. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Angels of Wrath. He's wrote Demons of Wrath. He's Goetic Pathwork. He just like he writes a lot of the darker the, the, the work with gins. He's done like a lot of stuff. This guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Corwin Hargrove. I, I use that book, Demons of Wrath. Um, for uh, there was a I had an individual at work that I worked with at one point. Um, she was always bragging about how like when I first when I first started at my at that job, she was talking about like oh I'm a I'm a a ministry student. She said she said she was going to school for ministry, and mm -hmm. then I ended up finding out that. She was taking the money that the church was giving to her to go take ministry classes and was spending it. So she really wasn't taking ministry classes. Um, and and then um, something happened one day. I walked into the I walked into the kitchen or whatever, and I was like, I had to do the night shift, and there were. Um, 
she had washed a bunch of dishes or something like that. And I was looking at them. I was getting ready to put them away. And there was a lot, a lot of grease, like still left on the dishes. And so I started, I put them back into the sink to be, to be rewashed later. I, just, I said, I'll rewash these later. She's like, no, I, I just did those. They're, they're good. I was like, no, you got to feel these. They're, they're greasy. You can't put these away and reuse them for something. They have to be rewashed. I'll take care of it later. Well, she, she got really upset with me and then she started, um, just gossiping about me a lot with like the other the other employees and then she started recording like conversations on her phone like oh, you know, in, in, in the <laughs> workplace and i was like you know i'm not i'm totally not trying to talk to this girl because it's like i know that she's trying to record shit and trying to trying to catch people on shit and um that was actually the one book that I ended up using to um, basically, like, with, uh, I'd say it about a week later, she she wasn't there anymore. <laughs> wow. And that was, and you used, uh, which demon again? Uh, well, actually, there was a few of them. Um, I can't. There's like 12 or 13 demons in that book, and I used, I used, I don't know, three or four of them. I just kind of like didn't like, I just kind of like didn't like one in succession, you know, I was like. <laughs> wow. And it worked, huh? You had, you got your results with that. Have you, have you, have you done a lot of, um, like, baneful magic before? Actually, one of my, one of the first times I did baneful magic was many years ago. I was, um, again, I, it, it just happened to be in the workplace. Um, I had a, a, some employees that they found out when I was practicing, you know, that I was practicing uh, pagan at the time. I was doing shamanism. But, of course, you know, they don't understand what shamanism is. And, um, and I, I was still kind of eclectic at that time, even though I was doing sham, Norse shamanism. I still was bringing in like certain things into my practice i was i was still very much just kind of like open and um while i don't practice voodoo mm -hmm. i do allow the use of puppets and dolls in in my chaos practice and even like back then i was um the one of the very most effective my first my first very effective painful magic. Um, anyways, these uh, these people were talking bad about me, and the manager was basically like allowing them to do that. And they had that manager had put up a notice in like one of the employee areas and signed his name to the memo. Mm -hmm. And I went in there and I pulled off his signature, pulled off the piece of paper, just tore it off. Took his signature home with me. Now I just happened to have to walk by a graveyard every day to and I from just work. To walk by a graveyard, sorry. <laughs> to and from work every day that I had to go to work. It's like oh, I walked shit. by this graveyard, and um, <laughs> I ended up, end up bringing a uh, Tupperware container with me one day with a little with a little gardening shovel. Dug up some graveyard dirt, stuck it in a Tupperware container. 
brought it back home, sewed up a black doll, stuffed it with graveyard dirt, stuffed the manager's signature in there, and I proceeded to stab the bit, like, stab the fuck out of that thing. I was, like, so fucking angry at what was going on. And I took a note, and I, I made I made a note in my journal, like, you know, when I did this, it was, like, 7, it was, like, 7 p.m. that night. <clears throat> the next day I went into work, our manager wasn't there. Our manager had called out. And then, well, he comes in the next. He comes in the next day, and uh, and I looked at him. And I was like, "Holy, oh, yeah, you look like shit." I was like, "What happened?" He was he was walking with a limp. He had a cane oh to help him fucking walk. <laughs> wow. He had like fucking. He had like a fucking cuts on his face and shit. And I said, "What the fuck happened?" He said, "I end up having really bad chest pains." around 7 p.m. a couple nights ago while I was driving home and I had to swerve and like off the road or oh like I ended up hitting like another car. I ended up like hitting a tree. And uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, you said like right around seven o'clock that happened? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Holy <laughs> shit! I like. I, I just went back to work. I was like, I was like, man, that shit ain't fucking work. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Oh, but oh, go ahead. But no, I was I was just saying, it's like you know, simple simple is usually like best, um, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, we have to do an episode in the in the near future on, on uh, baneful magic. It's something I I I don't do baneful magic, you know. I um I'm more of the protection magic kind of guy, but um, you know, I like to learn about all magic. You know, that's one reason why I do this podcast and have people from all different sides. Because quoting yeah. Senator Senator Palpatine from Star Wars in Episode Three, you know, Anakin, if one is to master the Force, you must have a more broader view, not just a dogmatic view of the Jedi, you know? <laughs> no, 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 of course, you know, I try not to do too much of that now. Um, yeah. Because when you think about it, you take a lot of that energy to do baneful, you know, when you're doing baneful magic. So, yeah. You know, because you really, you really have to dig in there. You really, you really have to get to, like, your core emotions for that. If you really want that baneful magic to work, you really have to get those four emotions out, and you really you gotta put it all in there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it just seems like it's to me like the thought of it seems very taxing, and I know a lot of people don't believe in like um, any kind of karmic retributions. When I say karma, I don't mean literally like you flip somebody off, then you know an hour later someone's gonna flip you off. I don't mean like that. I just mean like. Um, my definition of karma it's not my definition of karma but um you know karma can be like how you're connected to that that person and you know on like a etheric level you know um not to sound new agey but yeah so some people because because uh i don't you don't strike me as one of these kind of kinds of magicians though but like some people um that do baneful magic on a more regular basis they're just like fuck it karma doesn't exist anyway you can just throw all, all this energy out there but it starts to it will eventually at some point affect the caster 
you know, because of all, like you say, that intensity that you put into it, like when you were stabbing that doll in the graveyard, like that. That no, that. no, I wasn't in the graveyard. When Not I the graveyard. Home. Sorry, I was at home. I was at home. Dude. Sorry, the graveyard <laughs> slipped my mind. You're stabbing it. You're putting that that intensity, that energy. You're, you're feeding that that passion. You know what I mean? And I, I just think that baneful magic. Uh, a lot of people were doing that without even realizing it anyway. You know, when they're like when people are arguing, fighting. Sometimes they may be like, "I hope something happens to you, you fucker," and you're just like kind of pointing their finger and like willing something that you know they're just putting all that energy, and that's like. I look at that as like your vital life force that you're just directing into that person sometimes, you know, mm. and really know how to control your chi or your energy, you know, but yeah. But, know. Uh, yeah, yeah, but as I was, what I was trying to get at is if, you know, when you channel that much energy, it, it's kind of like, you know, in the end, you're kind of thinking, of like, well, could I channel that doing something else? Could I, could I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could I, could, could, I, could I have you know really looked the other way and just you know made something like completely beautiful for myself or you know for like all the world to enjoy or something like that? Could I have done something better? You know, and yeah, it's a good lesson, though, man. I mean, at, at least you at least you have the experience under your belt of have, having done it, knowing what it's like, though. And that that says something. But do you think? Um, I wonder how Lucifer feels about this. Maybe I should ask him. How do you feel about baneful magic? You're like, well, you know, I I did conquer some motherfuckers at one point off and on. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> now, now, you know I, now it also kind of depends on you know what your view on baneful magic is, though, because I mean. Um, Extreme cursing and uh, and as a way of crushing your enemies. You know, because um, because in some cases, some protection magic can sort of be baneful. You know, when this is this is very true. You know, if you look at like a lot of particularly stuff in gallery magic, the way that they the way that they describe like the magical protection and stuff like that, a lot of those protection rituals they're meant to, um, like for your adversary to kind of feel regret yeah you know that's or, that's, that's or, or, magic, I you think. know towards causing you harm you know yeah. and um man and I, I don't know why this always happens in the workplace with me right but again a different situation you know or like workplace situation but instead of like doing like a curse or like painful magic um for those of us who are familiar with the magical protection book from Damon Brand, um, there is that ritual in there. It says how to, like how to take power from a bully or how to take, um, you know, in in that book. And there was a girl at work who was picking on a guy. He was actually um, he actually had uh, Down syndrome. And he was working. He there were there wasn't a lot of things that he could do in the workplace, but the ones that the things the things that he was able to do, he did like really well. And so she was just talking like shit about him, like one night. It's kind of cruel, uh, huh? I said that's kind of cruel, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. 
And I was, I felt really bad about it. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to do something about this. So I went home and I did that particular ritual and I followed it. I think it's like a two or three day ritual or whatever. And, um, I, after, after I done that, I like no one had seen her for like a whole week. Nobody knows, like nobody really knew what, what happened. But then when she did show up for work the next week after that, she was like a completely different person. She was actually talking to everybody. She was being polite. She was being cordial. She was even talking with, with, with the guy that she was um, talking shit about. And what and was really nice about it. And I was like, like, what the hell happened? Like, did like she just get her ass kicked? Like <laughs> she had her ass kicked in. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's you, you kinda have to like wonder about like you know what happened or like what change what caused that type of change to begin with. So um yeah, seriously protection protection magic can be um like a real, like really useful, depending on, on like uh, how you do it. So, I agree. I totally agree in that. Yeah, thanks for elucidating us on uh, protection magic and dark magic. We have to do another do another show in the near future on on just this these subjects and stuff because again, this is like they're kind of coming up. But uh, I want to go ahead and close this episode out. You know. Um, been pretty kick-ass having you guys on here again and uh i know it's like three of uh three of us even though within the discussion panel you know there's at least a couple of more that you know work with lucifer on a regular basis or have connected to the luciferian current and stuff though so um yeah we can do another episode in the future and stuff though especially since i've been doing more of these episodes you know more of these podcast episodes and then i'll meet like another magician and they're like hey uh what kind of work do you do well you know i like to work with lucifer I'm like, I mean, he's a very popular guy so <laughs> well, he's the most popular guy in the room we you know so <laughs> but anyway um again i'm gonna go ahead and introduce you again for the audience uh you know so visit steve lamoth at his youtube channel where he reviews books he, he does some He's done a lot of gallery of magic work on there. Uh, some really awesome reviews. Uh, I've actually have purchased a couple of books just from listening to his, his reviews in the past. You know, um, and so it's S. Lamoth, and it's at YouTube. And can you spell your name? I'm not good at spelling certain names. Uh, <laughs> L-A-M-O-T-H-E. There you go. Thanks for that. And yeah. um, he has been on this podcast before, and Hopefully he will be again. He likes. Uh, and yeah, thanks for thanks for coming, man. You know, and uh, check out his channel on YouTube. And then we have Damian James from the Chaos Vibration, whose channel again I've been saying his channel has been going through some changes and some really unique changes. Um, back when I initially met Damian, he was kind of tapping into Luciferian work. You know, but um, yeah, check out his channel, The Chaos Vibration, and he is also on Facebook. <laughs> well, actually, all of us are on Facebook. Come <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and think of it for the moment. I mean, you know, yeah, it's going to be meta metaverse, though. We got to go into that topic again. 
Yeah, we're we, we, we gonna be a bunch of fucking Sims walking around like flashing memes, P two P memes to people. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that's gonna be like, but I have a pessimistic view of that to be honest. But I won't go into it. I don't want to bore anybody on my pessimistic view of how humanity is crumbling um, <laughs> because of social media. <laughs> so I'll do that again later. But um, yeah. Check out these two gentlemen's YouTube channels, and if you would like to get a hold of me, Roderick Z, or I always make that very dry joke at the end of these episodes, if you're in Canada, my name is Roderick Zed. So you can get in contact with me by emailing me at RoderickZ at ProtonMail.com. You can also find me on The Lords of Chaos on Facebook. Again, our, our discussion panel. And if you'd like to be on the podcast, just contact me, Roderick Z at protonmail.com or contacting me through Facebook. I go other, um, under the name Bodie Mind for the moment. Bodie Mind, B-O-D-H-I-M-I-N-D. Um, what else do I want to say? Thanks for supporting this podcast. Thanks for being awesome. And for those of you who are into summoning, happy summoning. Do it safely. And I will see you guys next time.